Hey everybody, welcome to episode 54 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. Have you ever told someone that it could be worse or has anyone ever told you that what you're going through can be worse? I'm sure we all have. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about comparing grief and comparing pain and how that can be unhelpful in our lives and those around us. All right, rock on. Welcome to episode 54. There you go, 5-4. Five, 5-4, five, almost a 5-5. Five, five. That's crazy. And then we're two away from 5-6. And we're like two Whoa. away from 5-6 from five, six, or two away from 5-8. That's, that's deep. That's and like... Then that's like me, I'm five seven, so that makes me six foot, nice. which means we're almost at episode sixty. Wow! And then that's like a hundred minus fifty four. That's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> it's like two dollars minus a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> anywho, uh, anywho, yeah. Well, like you heard in the intro, we're talking about comparing grief. I was thinking about this the other day, and I just thought it was interesting how our natural inclination. Like when someone else is going through something, like a, a common response is, oh, like Timmy, you know, someone else in Africa is having it much worse than you. They don't have AC and they're not complaining it's hot outside, yeah. you know, or hot in the house or, yeah, I mean, you all, you all know what I'm talking about. It's like the silver linings thing that we all tend to do right. to other people because like if you do it to yourself and like... You find we'll talk about it later how it could be helpful for specific individuals in specific situations, but finding that silver lining and making those comparisons like what could be worse like at least you're not this person, at least it's not this situation, um, it can easily get into unhelpful territory. Right, and I mean it's natural. Like I know we want to help. We want to say, oh, Austin, like it could be worse, man. Like I don't know. Instead of like your dog just passed away. Mm-hmm. Really, it really did. It's about two, three months ago. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we did an episode on grief, actually, right after that happened. Yeah. Um, but saying, oh, at least you still have your wife. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, that's sure. At least they you lived a long I'm, time. <laughs> you see, I'm trying to be helpful, but it's just, it's really not because it minimizes what they're going through. And so the same thing happens when you say to yourself or someone says to you, hey, man, could be worse that's minimizing what you are going through and that's actually what we're going to talk about yeah um but first of all here the what we're pulling from is an article from very well mind we we pull a bunch of articles from very well mind they have a lot of good basic stuff it's just it's fire very comprehensive stuff yeah yeah they're really good um so first and again we're gonna link the article down in the description so if you want to read it which we recommend go ahead do it and do it nike you won't So first here is that people experience things differently. So Austin and I can go to a concert, the same concert, the same seat, and we can experience that concert very differently. Mm-hmm. One of us could like it a lot. One of us could hate it. I use concert because I'm actually going to go see the National tonight. Woo-woo-woo. Anyway, uh, shout out to you, National, the plug. Uh, sponsor us? Question? <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, Austin and I can experience 
um, the same thing very differently. And that's the same thing with grief, especially, because grief is so, like we can experience grief on so many different levels. It's just like we talked about in the episode of grief, how we, grief is like, um, or like waves, you know, they come, they go, sometimes they can be big, sometimes they can be small. And that's the same for all of us. And it even adds a whole nother layer of complication when you bring in you know, other people's grief and starting to compare that. You really, like we've said before, it's like comparing Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. You just can't. It's a completely different genre. It's unfair too. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's really unfair too. Cause it's, I mean, they're not even closely related and they're good for different reasons, you yeah. know, like, and people like them for different reasons. And yep. like one thing that I have noticed specifically within my own life, and I'm not going to, I'll withhold any names and things like that, but I've had a conversation with people before where they have talked about how it's easy to get into the mindset where like this person has it worse than me. So therefore I should stop complaining, you know? Yeah. Like a, just one example of like, we'll take this for instance. Like if you have a kid who's just like really hard to parent, you know, and you have a hard time with them and you feel like you're having, you have a lot of stress because of it and you're just having a hard time coping with it. And then you know or meet someone that has someone who has a special needs child, like autistic or has Down syndrome or just has a, a lot of medical um, <coughs> problems, like maybe some type of like neurological disorder, things that yeah. they just require a lot of assistance. Yeah. And you could see that and be like, oh, that mom can deal with it just fine. She, like, she can do it. Why can't I? Like, I should mm-hmm. stop complaining about my child mm-hmm. who has a bad temperament or just doesn't listen. And while it's true, yeah, they probably do have a hard time. But again, like Enoch was just talking about, everyone experiences things differently. If Maybe if you were in their shoes, that would be easier for you to take care of that child who has some type of neurological disorder than it is to take care of your temperamental child. And it could be the same for them. Like They might much rather have your kid who's just a little bit temperamental or like maybe sassy than take care of their child with a neurological disorder. You know, like... Yeah when you make comparisons like that, you assume that people think the way that you do and that they're just like you in which they're not because people experience life differently. Everyone has a different backstory. Their birth order is different. Their DNA is different. Their life experience as a whole is just different. They've seen the world differently. They have their own pair of eyes and their own little mind inside of their (laughs) own little voice inside of their head telling them how to think about things, you know, and we're each, that's the beautiful thing about biology is no one has the same DNA, you know, like everyone's unique. And so is their life experience and their psychological perspectives on things. And so yeah. that's why it's not helpful or productive whatsoever to compare because of how different everyone is. Right. So, I mean, what you can get from this is just know that hurt is hurt. Pain is pain. Feelings are feelings. If you're feeling a certain way, like, that's it's valid. You don't need to compare yourself or compare your feelings to other people's feelings or your hurt or your pain to other people's hurt and pain what you're feeling is valid and it doesn't matter really the context in a sense. If you're feeling that way, then you're feeling that way and there's no need to, to compare Yeah. and to say so-and-so has it worse. So why should I even be hurting right now? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's not very helpful at all. Yeah. And the way that you go about handling the situation might be different, but you have to start off with accepting your situation for exactly the way that it is. Like, the way you go from there might be different than someone or like, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I guess the first step is fully accepting your experience as the unique experience that it is. Yeah. Did someone say acceptance and commitment therapy? What? I think I heard it. <laughs> um, I guess we can go to the next little heading in this article, which yeah. is comparison often leads to minimization. Um, interesting, super interesting 
thought there that um, I've never thought about before, but I definitely do it myself, you know, like the same example um, of the parents with children that need a little extra care. You could just by looking at the person who has maybe a Down syndrome child versus your child who just has a bad temperament or a difficult temperament, mm -hmm. um, you could it'd be very easy to get into the mindset that your problem really isn't a problem at all, you know, and that un it invalidates, yeah, invalidates your experience. Yeah. And minimization is a coping strategy that is super unhealthy because then you don't give it the care that it needs. You don't, you, you forget about it. You neglect the need because it seems small. So if you do have a child who has a difficult temperament and you minimize it by comparison, you are, might not, pay enough attention to that child who just needs a little bit extra help who might need a little extra guidance things yeah. like that or vice versa if you see your child who has their disorder and then you compare it to your your friend who has a just a sassy kid like okay at least they're not like that and then you maybe neglect or ignore some of your your child's needs right and i don't want to say that that happens in real life but that is how it could happen in someone's life just insert, insert your problem that you're minimizing and that's what could happen right. you neglect it yeah i mean you and you might be thinking oh well I don't have a right to be feeling depressed or feeling lonely right now because I have family still and other people may not have family, but I'm feeling lonely, but ah, I don't have the right to be, so I need to stop it. And that's just like, just think when you have those thoughts, think to yourself, what is that accomplishing? Like, what do you, is that helpful? And most of the time it's no, that's not going to be helpful for you. Even if that's true, we've talked about this before where just because something is true, that does not mean it's always going to be helpful for you. And that's can be true for a lot of these situations. Like, sure, there are kids, people across the world that struggle with food. Hunger is one of the biggest problems in the world. Mm -hmm. And here where we are, we have an abundance of food. A waste of food almost, yeah. Literally, yeah. And so, sure, they literally do have it worse. But what is that going to do to compare what we have with or what we're going through with what they're going through. Like, sure, it's true. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make it helpful. Yeah. I, this is, I don't know where I got this from, but this is a thought that always goes through my head when I do something like this. Like, I make a comparison or I have a thought. I always say to myself, therefore what? Like, yeah. like so what are you going to do about it, basically? Like, okay, children in Africa do have it harder. They don't have as much food as I do. Therefore what? What are you going to do about that? Are you going to change your you have to take action of some sort. That's like kind of the commitment of acceptance and commitment therapy. Let's say you do find something, you can comparison and you find something that's a little bit, that's true. They're in a diff more difficult situation than yours, but how are you going to use that truth to guide your life? Like yeah. there's no problem with thinking these things. Again, another right. huge component of acceptance right. and commitment therapy. It's normal and it's can be helpful, but just by simply thinking it and then maybe possibly minimizing yourself, like how we're talking about, that's unhelpful. Like we talk yeah. about this all the time, the true versus helpful and things can be true and helpful. You can make them helpful based on the way that you engage with them. And hopefully that rant makes sense, but it's just, you have to change the way that you relate and the way that you react or the way that you act towards your thoughts like this, the way your minimizations towards your comparisons. Therefore, what, what are you going to do about the comparison? You know, how is it going to help guide your actions to make your life more value driven? more value-based yeah. yeah yeah and when you when you try to minimize these these uh, situations these experiences it's really a, a coping mechanism to avoid any negative emotions to avoid 
going through the grieving process. And you can see how that can be just a, a normal defense mechanism because going through grief is hard and it's painful, but it's necessary. And so your brain can try and, in a sense, trick you into saying, oh, Dawson, your, your situation's not that bad, man. Like, look at everything else you've got. You've got mm-hmm. everything going for you. When you're feeling super sad or depressed, whatever it is, that's a coping mechanism to avoid those negative emotions, to minimize what you're going through so you can kind of always look on the bright side. And that's what the article talks about. Um, that's what the, the article calls it toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And you all know those people who are always just super positive. It doesn't matter what they're going through. You know, like, oh, it, it's not that bad. Not that bad. Let's keep going. La, da, da. Like always happy, life smiling. Life is always great. Yeah. If I go through something hard, ah, my feelings don't matter. Life is good. Ah, and they keep going. And that's how, that's, I mean, a good example of how something positive can be really unhelpful, can be toxic, toxic positivity, ignoring your feelings, ignoring your experiences. That's not very helpful. Yeah. It can be a form of just experiential avoidance. Yeah. Which kind of just goes right into the next section, basically, which is headed... The heading of it is it keeps you from facing your feelings when mm-hmm. you compare and when you minimize. Um, because if you can distract yourself with someone else's worst situation, you never really have to own up to what's really going on in your life and your responsibility for those feelings, I guess. Yeah. Um, it just it takes another form, like I just said, of experiential avoidance. You can use that person's situation almost as like a, a scapegoat. And I'm actually going to read directly from the article here. I love this yeah. quote that says... Um, yes, other people also have their own pain and disappointments to face, but those experiences don't diminish or eclipse yours. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're just like doing it in a way that isn't maybe like neglectful to yourself and that's just like a value of yours to take care of other people and to be there for other people and be helpful and be compassionate, empathetic, no big deal. But just like anything, that desire can swing way too far in the wrong direction into that toxic positivity, into the toxic helpfulness, I guess maybe you could call it that Yeah. yeah. toxic helpfulness to the, where you neglect yourself. We've talked about this before where like you put yourself last We the analogy we use is you always put yourself last at get togethers to get food. You're always the person who lets everyone else get food before you. So by the time it gets to you, it's cold and you're always like someone tells you to go before them. Like, Nope, I go last. That's me. And your entire identity is wrapped around. You're the helpful one. Like you're the, you're the one that puts people before you. And that's, again, that's not a, bad thing that's a really positive trait to had to have (laughs) but it can swing too far into the toxic realm just like anything else yeah i mean i couldn't have said it better there um yeah i i just love that quote now it says it what other people are going through it doesn't mean that you're not going through that you know it's kind of i don't know I, i think it's funny silly in a way how our brains think that they're trying to make us not feel something that we are feeling by focusing on what other people are feeling, you know, I guess just, it's interesting to me. And so just remember that just cause someone may have it worse in quotation marks, that doesn't mean that you aren't experiencing real pain. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you aren't experiencing real grief because you are, you could have a pet caterpillar you've always loved and it gets smushed and you could experience real grief. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, that might have been me that smushed your caterpillar <laughs> on accident. Of course, wouldn't do it on purpose. Yeah. <clears throat> and I wouldn't feel nearly the same amount of grief as you would. 
And so you see how just it, it's all different. And it, yeah. it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to paint a picture even further with that because I love that, yeah, that thought it. process you're on. Like, I don't talk about it openly, but I, my father has cancer and it's stage four and it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon from my understanding. And if I came up to someone and they told me, like, <clears throat> if like I had a really bad weekend, my, my parakeet died. Yeah. I found out my parakeet is really sick. Yeah. And I told him, oh, man, I feel that like like my, my dad has cancer. I know what it's like for someone you love to be sick and to have to deal with that grief. It sounds weird, but that person's grief over their parakeet being sick is just as real and just as valid as my the grief that I have about thinking about my dad being sick with cancer. Yeah. And just because, yeah, one's a little bit more, maybe, I don't want to say real, maybe one's a little bit more, I guess my father versus a parakeet, you know, like it's sure. obvious, quite obviously different, but yeah. it's meant to be that way, you know? like. Yeah back to that first heading everyone experiences things differently yeah you know that's we get into this weird dehumanization when we get into this realm of just because my problem isn't as serious or real or maybe it's a little bit goofy doesn't mean that it's not valid you know it's it's based off how you feel yeah and the way that you react to it is going to be different and that's again that's that's up to you and a healthy way to react to those feelings based on how severe it is but no matter what the experience is, don't let someone else's maybe objectively worse thing mm-hmm. get you down because your feelings are still valid over that thing. Right. I mean, it really just comes down to it being objective. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that brings us to our next our next heading here is that everyone deserves help. And I'll just quote the article here. It says, in such cases, compa- comparison can lead to avoiding your problems rather than finding ways to address them. Even if you feel like your problems aren't that bad, in quotation marks, you still deserve support and help. So some people may not go and seek help because they feel like their problems may not be as significant or they, uh, it's, again, it's not as bad as someone else's. So they're like, ah, I don't need help or I don't, yeah. don't want to reach out to someone about my parakeet because uh, like, I don't want to talk to Austin about it because his dad is also uh, he's sick, too, he's yeah. sick too. So I don't want to talk to him about it. So I'm just not going to talk about it because it's not as hmm. bad. And that's just not true. Like, your pain is still real, and you deserve help. It doesn't matter what the problem is. Again, remember, pain is pain. Hurt is hurt. If you're feeling that, then you deserve help. And there, there's no need to feel like you don't just because it seems less significant than other people. Yeah, it's just, it's unhelpful. At the end of the day, yeah. it's a super unhelpful yeah. for you. And, like, if, if I knew a person didn't want to talk to me because they knew that my father had cancer and they didn't want to talk to me because of that, I'd feel super sad about that. And that's just me, of course. It might be different for someone else, but I have a value of connection and, like, helpfulness. And so yeah. you never know what a person, like, they might help them to help you, you know? Like, to help, they might help them to help you with your parakeet situation, you know? Yeah. Never deny someone the, the ability to, to be there for you. I guess that's yeah. what I would get out of that. I love that. Um. I guess we're running out of time because we do have a work meeting that we need to get to here. <laughs> Me and Enoch have a little meeting that we need to get to, but we want to finish this. So we're going to get through as much as we can. Cause I really like the next section of how to respond yeah. instead. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read the first quote here from that section. <clears throat> Excuse me. The next time you are tempted to compare your feelings to someone else's, take a step back and say, will it be helpful? Hmm. hmm. It's almost like we've been saying that the whole time. <laughs> um, I forgot that it said that too. I didn't know that it said that in here. <laughs> Or are using it as a way to dismiss your own emotions? And I'm just going to read the first couple of bullet points here. Instead of comparing, allow yourself to sit with your emotions without judgment. Acceptance and commitment therapy. Wow. 
give yourself permission to feel what you are feeling and remind yourself that those feelings that those feelings are valid. And I'm gonna do the third one too because I really like it. Lean on others, but don't feel the need to minimize your struggles or compare your problems to theirs. Like how you were just saying, I love that. Yeah. Because I, I think at the end of the day, like you've said this before, humans are designed to experience emotions in yeah, concert. Sue Johnson. Yeah, Sue Johnson. Yeah. That's what it is. We're designed to experience hard times and troubles in concert with other people. Like we're kind of we've always been in tribes. Humans yeah. have like we've yeah. we've figured things out as groups and mm-hmm. we've problem solved in tribes and groups and families so to do it by herself is to go against your own human biology your human yeah. evolutionary traits yeah uh, and i'm even going to read the last two bullet points just because i think they're so good do it so again this is on how you can respond instead when you're feeling this way so you can avoid judging other people's emotions instead focus on valuing the fact that they're willing to share what they're feeling with you and i really like that one like if i had a parakeet pass away and I shared that with Austin, going off that same example. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of Austin saying, oh, like, dude, I have it way worse. Yeah. He could value the fact that I shared some of my pain, some of my hurt with him, and go off that instead of just comparing. Fight the urge to just compare. Yeah. Because it is natural, for whatever reason, it is. <laughs> and so we just have to learn to be aware of it and to fight it. I think you bring up a really good point there. Like the comparisons can go the opposite way. If someone brings to you a lesser situation, yeah. don't impose those feelings of lesserness of like yeah, yeah. on them because that comparison is just as unhealthy and unhelpful for them. Right. So don't let it go that way either. That's a really right. good point. Yeah, it goes both ways. And then the last bullet point goes along with that one. It says, listen to what other people are saying. Acknowledge what they're feeling. Simply saying that you can see how hard it must be and how they are and how you are there to listen can be a crucial way of offering validation and support. And it goes on to say that remember that when someone is in a vulnerable place, it is not the time to make judgments or comparisons, and that applies to your own emotions as well. So I think we often get caught in that trap of we judge ourselves we judge ourselves harshly when we you know don't judge our friends, we're there for them, we help them, and we tend to just ignore ours. Yeah, and. That's not helpful. All of these things that we're talking about also applies to yourself, like your feelings and other people's feelings, mm-hmm. you know? So just keep that in mind. Yeah, and I, that's the thought that I had really quick here is that um, it's literally gone. The thought disappeared from my head as I started talking. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I got so excited about what I was going to talk about, and then it was just gone. Blooper reel. It, like, disappeared as I started the sentence. That's, that's so hilarious. funny. Um Okay, well, I just... the train of thought. <laughs> I'll just move on to the next section. Um, when comparison might be helpful. Um, for me, comparison is a helpful thing for me, and it talks about this in the first bullet point, that it can help you feel more gratitude for your own life. And yeah. for me, that's a really helpful thing because gratitude is an extremely important emotion to me. Yeah. It might not be the case for other people, but <clears throat> I think to maintain a healthy emotional baseline for me, just overall... I need to have a practice of gratitude every day. And that, that requires um, comparison. Like yeah. to me, sometimes by thinking it's not that bad or it could be worse when taken in the correct mindset right, is an extremely important act of gratitude practice for me. And that might not be the case for anyone else. And it could be the case for someone else. But I know for me specifically that when done in the proper context, comparison increases my level of gratitude, which increases my overall emotional well-being. Right. But if I were to do that in like a in the moment situation, like I'm hurting, 
mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and I did that, it wouldn't be very helpful. <clears throat> so I think gratitude, sorry, comparison can only really be helpful as like a daily simple practice. Yeah. Like maybe in a journal, you know, like in a writing journal, but in the moment of grief, in the moment of healing of like maybe in therapy, that's a moment where you need to be fully validated. You know, yeah. you need to be validated before you can healthily compare. Right. So I think that's the only thought that I have about that. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's just all about context. Like, and we're all going to make judgments on a day-to-day basis every single day for as long as we live. That's how we make decisions is we make a judgment and then we decide, but it's what you do when you make that judgment that makes the biggest difference. And it's all about that context. And so if you're using it to be grateful and you have the right context, you have the right mindset, then that's, it can be helpful. Other times it, it won't be helpful. Um, some of the other bullet points here, it says it may help you to consider options and think about what you want, right? Because you have to make a judgment and it's all about context, context, content, content. Uh, last two it can help you see what you need to do in order to achieve what you want in life, which is great. And it may help you feel more compassion for others, which can help compel you to volunteer to help. And then the last little paragraph says it's important to remember, however, that minimizing your pain is not a part of gratitude. Hmm. You can be grateful for the good things in your life and still be disappointed, sad, or upset. So Austin can still follow his values of gratitude and still be sad. Yeah, two things can be true at the same time. It's like the definition of acceptance and commitment therapy, really, is that you can experience two things at once. Right. He can still be depressed, but be grateful for what he has. Yeah. And that's okay. That's not wrong. And that can actually be really helpful, realizing yeah. that you can be grateful even while you're going through it. Yeah. Human adults, I'm going to make a little computer analogy here. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Compute, humans, I have to cough so bad. <clears throat> there we go. Um, humans are like complex computers, like supercomputers, right? Yeah. The world's most intelligent supercomputers, sometimes. Human adults. <laughs> How about that? Responsible human adults. Um, mature human adults. And... You have, like, for those who know what RAM is, that's random access memory. It's your, the computer's ability to have things run at the same time and to, like, remember things. Also, like, a CPU has multiple cores, so multiple programs can be running at the same time. Hmm. Our brains are a multi-core capacitor, multi-core CPU, where multiple things can be happening at once. You can be experiencing this comparison while still being fully validated. Our brains yeah. have that ability we have enough RAM and we have a big enough CPU in our <laughs> brains, or you can get to that point with enough yeah. therapy training, you know, whatever it takes to get to that point. It's upgrades. Not, uh, yeah. Upgrades <laughs> and maybe some buying some like NVIDIA type of stuff and not just getting the Walmart brand. Um, <laughs> but we have that capability. Every humans yeah. kind of come hard that way. We have these brains that are complex enough to experience multiple emotions at one time and yeah. process them. Yeah. It might just take some help. Of course, therapy books, um, coaching, but it's possible, and it, it's important to learn that skill. So if you don't feel like you can do that, I would I would recommend, not professionally, of course, to seek out ways to increase your brain's CPU capacity in order to feel many emotions at one point or at one time and allow them to exist all at once yeah. and not feel that you have to live in this black and white world is of I have to be comparing myself or I need to be this or just need to be that. Allow yourself to and think of ways to increase that CPU and RAM capacity in your brain <laughs> to feel those multiple feelings yeah. at once. 
Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really the core of acceptance and commitment therapy. <laughs> Literally. Go. We bring it in every episode just because it's, it's amazing. It really is. But you can experience multiple things. You can accept what you're going through and yet go towards your values and have fun in life and experience life mm-hmm. while also experiencing, I mean, I guess experiencing life means include, it includes the negative, mm-hmm. you know, or the, uh, the, the hard emotions to deal with. Yeah. And you can still have a fulfilling and happy life. We hope you learned something new. If you like the episode, I was going to say leave a like. <laughs> this is on YouTube. I mean, you can leave yeah. a like, subscribe, um, leave a rating and review. That would really mean a lot to us. We see all of the reviews that people send. And we just can't thank you enough. So we hope you have a great week. Yeah, thank you. And we probably will not be releasing an episode on Thursday. So just keep that in mind i'm Just, going out of town this week to, di- yeah. to uh, disneyland Woo-hoo! for the anniversary <laughs> <laughs> it was really insane it was it was great um so we'll talk to you next tuesday I'll see you guys thank you for listening what about what about therapy what about what about therapy what about what about therapy yeah what about what about therapy what about what about therapy what about what about therapy What about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? Yeah.